Hey there, beautiful soul. Welcome back to another episode on Soul Led Spirit Driven, the podcast. I'm Kasia Berg, and I'm so happy that you can join me today. All right, let's get into this. Hello, hello, welcome back to Soul Led Spirit Driven, the podcast. I'm Kasia Berg. And I'm so excited to have you here today because I also have Lauren from the Pink Medicine Podcast. Well, I don't have her have her here because we've chatted earlier and um, I just can't wait for you to hear it. Our interview went for an hour because Lauren is a well of information, a well of wisdom. She Well, before I introduce her actually to you, let's go back and let me just tell you why I was so excited to show you this podcast, for you to hear this podcast episode, because um, in this episode, we are actually uh, pulling apart one of her past lives. We're connecting the dots, trying to work out where someone from her past life fits into this life okay now here's the interesting thing you will hear um how we work the timelines because and i always say this to my clients i'm not actually shown ever like the year where we're at okay no one ever says hey kasia welcome to the 1960s this is so and so's life (laughs) so i always kind of have to work out the year myself by what people are wearing what's happening around us and what historical events are taking place now also in a life path session i can usually work out where you know someone fits into this life whether they're guides for someone here to help us with our life lessons um i can work out soul contracts but lauren's session was the unstuck session which is the little mini life path reading that i do inside solid spirit driven and we deliver it live so we can't really dive into details there so i was very excited to kind of do this little follow-up almost with lauren on this podcast um and in this particular episode but here's the other fun thing a few weeks ago i was actually on lauren's podcast so lauren is the host of pink medicine podcast and she interviews weekly guests from around the world on all things health wellness and spirituality beautiful lauren has a background in primary teaching as well as nursing and midwifery and she's the mother of three gorgeous boys and she even runs a small cookie business biggies by lauren from her home in adelaide and now she started doing akashic record readings as well So I can't wait for you to hear this episode, hear the beautiful Lauren. And of course, in the show notes, I'm going to put all the ways that you can connect with Lauren. Now, let's tune in. Let's listen because that is so interesting. You will almost like see me in action with my clients. (laughs) 
well, almost. Anyways, all right, let's dive into this episode. I'm so excited. So thank you for being here. Beautiful Lauren, I'm so excited that you are here with me today to share with my listeners um, your experience with um, doing the Unstuck session. I haven't had anyone yet who has had the Unstuck session with me. So mm. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Kasha. Thanks so much for having me on your podcast. I'm so excited. <laughs> now, before we dive into you know, your past lives and all that stuff, um, I would absolutely love it if you could tell us about you and what you do please okay so um so it all starts off with me having a bit of a background in teaching in midwifery so um they were the things that i i always knew growing up and you know in high school and um yeah i kind of just knew that i always wanted to work with women and children. I went to an all girls school. So I think, you know, um, being around strong women and, and, um, that was a big message that always, um, I guess was drilled into us, um, as young women growing up was just, you know, women are empowering and strong and, um, and we, you know, we stand next to each other and, um, support one another. So that was a big message for me growing up. So I always knew I wanted to work with women. Um, and then I always had a soft spot for children as well. And um, so I naturally followed um, my heart into teaching. And um, I, I think it was, I had a couple of placements, which um, I think were a bit of an eye opener for me. So I started to then reevaluate where I wanted to maybe go and whether, and I, and I, I grew up um, having, um, my mum was a teacher. So, and so I always had her in the back of my mind as well. And she, she, um, didn't always have the greatest experiences being a teacher. So I think she wanted, she didn't want me to have the same experience as she did. So I think, you know, combination of what I'd experienced on placement with what my mum had, um, experienced in her job pushed me into a new direction. So then I went into midwifery, which I absolutely adored, um, I was so lucky to have, um, been able to deliver a lot of my really close girlfriend's babies, which is amazing. Oh. Yeah. So, and I, cause I was able to be their student midwife and, and there throughout their whole journey, their pregnancy and, and be there to deliver their little ones. And it's so, it's so beautiful because we're all still so close today and, you know, their little ones are now, you know, 25, they're about to go to school next wow. year. And, and, um, it's been so beautiful to be a part of that for them. But, um, on my midwifery journey, I obviously, um, I fell pregnant halfway through and had my first son and, um, I attempted to go back to study and juggle having, um, a, a little one, a newborn and, and doing that. And then, um, as, uh, fate would have it, I fell pregnant again. No. <laughs> I think, I wonder, I think I've heard that, you know, some people say that pregnancy can be catchy, like one person gets it and then that's it. So I don't know if that was happening to me. I was just around pregnant women all the time that I just <laughs> was always pregnant too. But oh, yeah, I just, um, yeah. So I had, um, then I had, my two little ones and I had them a year apart. So I had a one year old and a newborn and I was doing, I was in my final year of mid and um, I was starting to think to myself and me and my, and my husband were sort of looking at each other going, well, this is hard now. And you know, you're about to start a five week placement block and that's going to be night shift and how are we going to juggle, you know, his job 
my night shift and, you know, because when you're on placement as a midwife, you're still working basically full-time hours, you know, you're there five days a week and um, yeah, you know, um, night shifts, two night shifts in a row or potentially sometimes three. So, um, and then you're also, not only are you on um, placement and, you know, working as a midwife, you are on call for all of your, um, your, they call them um, follow throughs, which are, you have to follow um, 30 women, um, along their pregnancy journey in order to, you know, that's part of your degree. So you're on call all the time in case some, one of your follow throughs went into labor too. So it was getting a bit full wow. on. And I think we started to realize that maybe midwifery with a young family wasn't going to work for us anymore. So <laughs> mid midwifery went on hold for a little while. I deferred until we sort of, um, had a think and the kids got a little bit older and knew what we wanted to do. Um, and then I had a, I fell pregnant again with my third. <laughs> oh, I um, so I think by that stage, once we had um, our third son, we started to realize, and, and I, and at that stage, you know, um, you know, I've been lucky enough to be able to um, really be a stay at home mum and be home for them. Um, and, and, you know, I know not all women get that opportunity. So I've been really lucky mm. that we've been able to, um, find a way to make that work because it's not something that happens very often these days but yeah and it's given me that time to really think about what I want to do and how I want to contribute you know in in life and um, yeah and that's when I started a little business from home which was Vicky's by Lauren and that was right when um, those decorated sugar cookies were right in fashion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure everyone's had or gone to a birthday party and they've had, or a wedding and they've had the vanilla sugar cookies covered in fondant. So I did that from home for a couple of years and it went off and that was amazing that, um, that I have a creative streak in me. So that really, um, allowed me to express that. And I, mm. and, you know, um, express that creative side of me and be able to create beautiful things for people for special events and things. And that was really good. And, and, um, and, it, and it was able, it was, it was a way of me being able to contribute financially a little bit as well at home, which was good. Cause I kind of, I can't sit still. I'm someone who really needs to keep busy and, and, um, have something, oh, yeah. <laughs> something on yeah. the go. So, yeah. And then in the last year, I've sort of felt like, um, I don't know, I've, I've sort of felt the call to, to try something new and, and I've always loved podcasts. So I, um, I launched my first podcast early this year, which is the pink medicine podcast. And, um, my intentions of that was, you know, I'm someone who loves listening to podcasts and learning things from them. And, and I love, you know, I, I love hearing about new things and exploring new things and chatting to people and listening to conversations. So this was a way of, you know, um, me pursuing something that I enjoy, you know, talking to new people and learning something new and, um, and, and also, you know, being able to then share what I've learned and these conversations that I've had with people with, with everyone else. And, um, so I guess that was my way of contributing to a space as well. And Lauren's podcast is amazing. Like oh, we, when we chatted, when you mm. interviewed me, yeah, your questions are amazing. They really like, uh, so, you know, not just surface level. I really enjoyed when you sent them through and I really had to 
think about them and you know then we we started talking and you know you just take it to the next level i can't oh, i loved our chat kasha honestly that was um that podcast is <laughs> my longest podcast today oh. but it's oh that's yeah it's, i'm not just saying this but it is it's probably i, I think because I'm we talked so it's one, one of my no no because i was we we our chat went deep i think you can yeah. agree like we went deep yeah. on that chat and and i love that and i just i love that it felt so natural don't you think like i feel like when i have these conversations yeah. with people on the show um and your podcast is the same you know it's just conversational and you just you feel like you're talking to a friend oh but i love that you're so open to this because even for me to say certain things like out loud i'm still like thinking someone's going to hold the people with the white jacket and lock me up <laughs> you know and so it's so nice to have a nice receptive audience and like be able to chat to someone who gets it who understands mm -hmm. it who's open to it do you know what i mean like because it is like it's crazy when you think about the things that you know like we chatted about but like the things that we say you know it's not something that's like um talking about let's say instagram or whatever right like it's so mm -hmm. ah, it was amazing it was just amazing it was so, such a pleasure to talk to you lauren who just was so open and receptive and Yes, I so enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm all about it. And and yeah, and and I think I try and find conversations um, or try and seek out conversations with people that, yeah, like you said, you wouldn't, conversations that you wouldn't normally talk about maybe so often. Mm -hmm. Like I, I did a, um, an episode a couple weeks back with, a couple weeks back with um, the amazing Stacey Fote. And we went there and we talked about, we talked about enemas and we talked about like our bowel movements and, Ooh. you know, it sounds, I know. And the thing is, but, the, but it's, do you know what? That was one of, that's up there with one of my most popular shows yet. And I think it's because, you know, I try and push the boundaries a little bit to see, you know, um, make normalize conversations a little bit you know so i think yeah. people are always interested in that we spoke a lot about past lives and i think a lot of people are interested in that but not always maybe confident enough or or brave enough to maybe ask about it or bring it up in conversation yeah. so i think that's when um talking about it on a podcast and, and openly and honestly i think that's really good because it just sort of initiates that um normalization a little bit with around some of these topics so yeah i really i really enjoy I'm, I'm really enjoying this journey um on my podcast at the moment and and yeah i honestly um my intentions with it was just you know because um, i'm based in adelaide and my intentions were you know i'm going to interview just women because you know like i said earlier I've always just been about empowering women and, you know, building each other up. And so I was like, yep, I'm going to only interview women and I'm going to interview women from Adelaide. And we're going to just, you know, so that, you know, I was going to have a real sort of small little audience. I was kind of going to aim it at, you know, Adelaide women, but, and then it just sort of, it just organically took its own shape and form. And then I sort of, once it was on um, Instagram, I was getting approached, approached by, um, yeah people who were like oh hey you know i love i love what you do i love what you're about you know would you like me on the show and um that was great and then you know lo and behold i've had i've had guests from america or I've, I've spoken to people in um 
from London and um yeah so it's 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 taken a completely different oh and and you know what and I've it's got to a point now where I'm like you know what I'm not I'm not all about just interviewing women because I've had I've spoken to a couple of weeks ago this amazing man um, Yamuna Bahari um, as well and and that was an amazing conversation we spoke about all things Ayurveda and um, so I've sort of learnt now that you know um, there's a lot of um, you know amazing men out there who can contribute to um, the space that I've created as well so um, yeah it's it's been amazing the journey um, creating the podcast. And, but I think people who listen to my show, um, listen to every episode who, you know, are religious listeners, I think they would start to realize that a lot of my shows have a bit of a spiritual theme to them. Um, yeah, we do sort of, we do talk about health and wellness and, and, and different areas of health and wellness, but at the core of it, it always comes back to sort of energy and our spirit and our mind and our soul. And, and I think, um, yeah, and I think people are starting to realise that that's sort of the essence of what I'm about as well is just um, that spiritual spiritual side, um, which um, which is where I was sort of attracted to what you do, Kasha, and started following you online, and um, how I um, came across the um, unstuck, um, oh. yeah, and the and the life path readings. So. Um, yeah, so I, I thought, you know, I, I tuned into your very first, um, Facebook live and I think you had, you know, four or five beautiful women who were, um, on that show and I was just, I was just amazed and in awe of, of all of their, um, stories and their responses as well to, um, what you had picked up for their past lives. It was incredible. And I thought, no, I have to. I have to do this, you know, um, I have to experience this. And I've always been curious, um, about, you know, where, where I've been before. I've always felt like I've been, been here before. Yeah. I felt like a bit of an old soul. Um, parts of me do. And then parts of me are like, Oh, maybe, maybe I'm not, I, I don't know. I've been a bit confused by, by that, but, um, so I thought, no, I want to explore this more. And so I felt like that was a really good opportunity to, um, take part in one of your, um, Facebook live unstuck sessions and yeah and that was amazing honestly it was such a gift I love it and I love yeah because um yes that's right because I did um live inside my group because I thought oh my god this is like if if the ladies who book in are happy for me to share this and do this live. I think it's going to be amazing because very much like when you watched it, it is so like, even if it's not your thing, it's just still, I feel is quite, I don't know, um, insightful and helps you connect the dots where you go like, Oh, well, you know, I have fears or habits that are similar I wonder if there's something to it because mm. nothing in my life here makes sense you know like I don't understand why they are here why I've got them why I repeat certain patterns and and I just thought it, you know in my group I really like creating these sort of uh, workshops or events and we need to bring unstuck back <laughs> I got yes. temporarily sidetracked because um I've had these other events pop up and, you know, I'll um, 
you know, guests um, on a few podcasts. And so like, it kind of ran away with me and I completely forgot to be, you know, like, okay, let's do another round. And ironically, in that time, um, the clients that have come through Unstuck were all happy to go private actually, which is so funny because I offer that one as a session, live session, mm. and, but also as a private one. And without me having talked about it, because I was so busy, it's funny that, um, yeah, the ladies that have come through, have come through privately. And I was even thinking, oh, should I tell them that we can do it live? But then I go like, nope, gosh, ain't you have got enough on your plate now. Just do this first. And then we can go back to, because it's such a special event. And I never want to dilute it and make it like a quick sort of, mm-hmm. you know, just to squeeze it in. I always, and this is with the readings and with anything. I just, it's a special event. Yeah. It's sort of like, you know, I would assume, um, you know, when you're a midwife and you're helping this, new mom deliver a baby whether it's her first baby or her fifth baby right like it's an event for her it's a once in a lifetime that particular baby is being born even though you may have had several 10 you know maybe hundreds of births under your belt each one is special because it's special Mm -hmm. to that woman right Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and I think you know I think you do you really you know, I can see when we do these Facebook lives, you've got your candles going and there's the music in the background. Like you really do. You, um, you bring the magic to it and you really honor, um, even though we're all in different corners of the country watching, um, on our computer screens or on our phones, you know, tuning into this Facebook live, it, you know, um, it creates such a beautiful safe space for sharing because some of the, some of the obvious some of these um, past lives that you bring bring up for some of the women are can be full on, mm. and but you deliver it in a way that is um, full of love, and um, you know, and, and and sensitivity as well, and um, and I think it just it, you know it allows because um, you know oh, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but. Obviously, when when we first hear about these past lives and, and, you know, when I've heard about mine, obviously there were, you know, 10 other women tuning in at the same time hearing about my past life when I was for the first time. And and it brings up a lot of emotion, but you're sharing that in a space with other people and you feel completely comfortable to just, you know, say, yeah, you know, this is, yes, I agree with this or, you know, yes, I've, I've what you're telling me makes total sense because this and this and this, like the, even though it's over the internet and you're sharing um, that moment with, um, you know, potentially 10 to 15 other people online, it's such a beautiful safe space. And I, yeah, you've done such an amazing job with those live um, unstuck sessions and yeah, I agree. Bring them back. Yes. (laughs) Lauren, thank you for saying that. You know, I, I, that was actually the thing that um, held me back from putting these unstuck sessions out in the first place because I thought, I don't know if anyone is going to feel comfortable because even though, like, I always say, you know, your past lives, it's not like I'm telling you something that you've done in your past as a child or an adult, like in this life, right? Like, I'm telling you something that happened in one of your previous lives where it wasn't really you like it wasn't 
you Lauren mm. or it wasn't you Kasha it was your soul and um, the soul has carried through into this life into this human form that is you the baggage right and that's where that's where the connections and that's where it's helpful but you shouldn't feel embarrassed or sh ashamed or bad or guilty that let's say in your past lives you were a killer or a murderer or someone you know a prostitute or something because that's not like me uncovering some hidden secrets of you know what you did let's say when you were younger um and so i but at the same time the power of hearing them whether it's your past life or someone else is so powerful and in some ways what i've heard from some i guess participants it's, it's healing and so for them or it's the beginning of their mm -hmm. journey and so I, I thank you for saying this because i really appreciate this beautiful comment and the way you've worded it and how um i guess you um experienced it right because i do i am so cautious and wary all the time that not everyone might um you know, like it is, it is quite emotional is I guess what I'm trying to say. And it is, it does feel in a moment like, oh my God, like, right. And you have all these other mm -hmm. people listening to, and just in case if anyone listening doesn't know like where I've done the Unstuck sessions, um, the Unstuck sessions, which is like this mini life path reading. I, uh, the, we do a live session inside my solid spirit driven Facebook group so we don't do it on the forefront really we do it inside there and um, yes I always have my candles and my oils and everything because I like to create this inviting space so that I invite spirit and I guide in and I always say to everyone whether it's the unveiling or whether it's another session with me I always say to them do the same thing create a beautiful space and um you know it's like you're helping with the energy flow and you're helping invite spirit in so it's always a bit magical but enough about me enough about this what i would really love to hear though lauren is um your past life if you don't mind sharing because i always think it sounds better coming from the actual person telling it to us than just me waffling on Mm, yeah, well, um, yeah, so <laughs> I don't know where to begin. So, the yeah, okay, so I basically had a past life in Germany. And the funny thing is that with this past life, a lot of um, things in my life, current life, overlap a lot. Um, so this past life was in Germany and I think you said that the era was around 1920, um, just before, was it the second world war? Is that right? I get a bit confused. With the yeah, words. it was yes. around the second world war. Yes. Yes. Mm. So it was, uh, see, and this is the funny thing cause I've never shown like the year, but what I get is I always look at like what people are wearing or what historical events are happening. And then I kind of like work out more or less what the year is. And I think this was somewhere um either somewhere between 13 uh, 1939 and 1945 i think when the mm -hmm. second world war was happening yeah and 
Um, then you said that I, you saw me in a working in a bakery, which, you know, which was funny because as I mentioned earlier, I do currently do the Vicky's by Lauren. So I'm, I'm, I'm quite often <laughs> baking now. So yeah, in this past life, I worked in a bakery with my auntie. Um, and you had mentioned that this auntie was someone who is, you got the feeling that she's someone who has chosen to reincarnate with me. Um, in all my lives just to keep an eye on me and I think you described a little bit about her personality and you said that she was loving but she could be a little bit direct you know she was um, yeah I guess you know tough love a little bit I think is (laughs) um, how you described her and I knew straight away um, who that was as well so I believe that woman that auntie in that lifetime to be my great-grandmother who I um, was basically like a second mum to me in this lifetime and um, and she was always tough love very direct she would just you know say it how it was call a spade a spade but she was also very loving and um, so I believe that that was her. Um, yeah. And yes, yeah, so I worked in this bakery and um, I think you said I, my personality, I was a little bit, you know, off with the fairies. I was a bit of a dreamer and um, yeah, but um, obviously, you know, worked hard as well. And then uh, the war, the war came and they were, they had a bit of a shortage on nurses. So I put my hand up to help out and volunteer Mm. so not having any nursing experience but to be there and just you know lend a hand and I think um, I don't know how old I was but you did you you had mentioned several times that I was quite young so I think I was um I struggled a little bit to um witness some of the men come through and and to um I guess process what was going on as well around me I think being quite young so as you had mentioned that um because of this they um they said to me you know why don't you help out in the kitchen because you know coming from a bakery I could help help out in the kitchen and make my famous bread apparently I had a famous bread um (laughs) um yeah and so I was you know um working in the I guess in the the hospital feeding their souls would be yeah (laughs) that's it and then you said that one day um apparently um a wounded soldier came in and although he wasn't badly wounded, um, he, he came in and, and I sort of um, sat with him and he was feeling a bit homesick and um, I sort of took a liking to him. He took a liking to me and um, we sort of hung out a little bit, I guess. And um, then there was a day came, came along and I, I rocked up back at the hospital and I guess I was searching for him and and he was gone and he'd been moved on. So, um, and that sort of left me a bit heartbroken. So um, we weren't, I mean, you were unsure whether there was love there, but you knew, you, you said that you said to me in that reading that you, you felt as though there had been a spark. So um, yeah. yeah. Interesting because see, this is where I am very wary of these sort of things being said in like this official, um, I guess, uh, session, let's put it this way, because I mean, I felt like there was this love connection and I, I will let you say who I think you're, that, that 
soldier was, if you remember. Mm, yeah, so um, you said that that soldier in that lifetime is now my current husband. Yeah. And yeah. So, and here's where if we were in a private session, I would be like, you know, this love, and I don't actually even remember if I told you this during the session, but um, that you two are these souls that always want to reincarnate together and you mm. always want to play close, um, what's it called? Like be in close proximity to each other. And um, he, when he was taken away, he was taken away and you two, I think, never found each other if no. I remember correctly after yeah. that yeah that's that was, how it was supposed to go he was supposed to stay and um he was he was actually going to be more wounded and I'm saying this it sounds like I'm scripting someone but he was supposed to be more wounded and stay and you were supposed to stay together but it was interesting because um this is like the soul contract. And often like after the readings, I'm like still like things are drizzling in. Mm -hmm. And when you do a group session like this, things, it's almost like you're getting your wires crossed. And then certain things, I always go like, I don't know if I can say this, this is a little bit private, but your soul contract is, um, as I looked into it later, your soul contract with him was that you were supposed to stay together and he was supposed to help you kind of, um, uh, how do I say it? Um, mature. Let's put it this ah, way. Anyway. But okay. it never happened because mm. he wasn't badly injured. And I think, if I remember correctly, he was called back into the war, or he was he was stationed somewhere. So he was taken out from the hospital. He moved on, I think. Um, and I think because your aunt in that um, life played one of your guides, which you had a. A, a soul contract with as well and she mm -hmm. was helping you as well to kind of ground you and um and it was really interesting because she was so loving and caring but she always kind of you know kept you and she, and she was always almost like I could see her like rolling her eyes but there you know like like Lauren is mm -hmm. again airy fairy off with the fairies you know instead of concentrating but then you when you were in that hospital cooking and making this bread the bread that you made with your aunt in the bakery it's like that bread was the most divine delicious thing like so soul nourishing to these you know patients to the staff that were eating it so it's like something stuck from what your aunt was teaching you even though you were airy fairy right mm -hmm. <laughs> and so it's interesting because um yeah, there's certain things that like pop up and it's later on that I get this depth of there's more to this story or there's this soul contract that pops in. Um, you know, we were talking about soul contract mm. I think, in your podcast. Um, mm -hmm. Anyways, I, I digress. I'll let you speak. <laughs> no, I'm glad that I got that information too because I did a lot of processing, obviously, after hearing my... Um, my reading and yeah that makes a lot of sense because do you know what's really interesting is um you know i i do strongly believe that my grandma in this past in this life sorry was that auntie in that lifetime and um what's funny now is she's so my grandmother has now passed over she's 
on the other side now. And I've been told by, um, uh, you know, clairvoyance and psychics that she has now become one of my guides. She's yeah. chosen to stay with me for the yeah. rest of my lifetime and be one of my guides. So that's very interesting that you talk about how she might've been one of my earth guides in, in that past life. Cause she, you know, as you know, with a soul contract there, cause um, yeah, there's, yeah, I think <laughs> she's obviously crossed over and she's decided to stick around with me and, and stay with me as a guide and, and yeah, keep guiding me. It's so weird because yes. And see, it's interesting to see the role that she has decided to play. She played what, two, two or three, that's three generations up, I think. Yeah. Cause mom, grandmother. Yeah. So yeah. Well, cause that's the thing too. This is okay. This might blow people's mind a little bit, mm -hmm. but um, I know, I know it will make sense to you, <laughs> but so my great grandmother, um, who, who, you know, who I believe was my auntie in that lifetime. Okay. So she was born. So my great grandmother was born in my lifetime in this, in this lifetime, she was born in oh, 19, was it late 1920s? Yeah. Wow. So, you know what I mean? So if it, so what is time? And I just, I don't know, you can, you can tell me if I'm wrong, if that's not even possible, but I just feel like, I'm sure there has to be some way. Remember how we're talking about twin flames and the incarnation and the essence mm. as well? Yes, that's so, right. Yes. Yeah. So here's the funny thing because, and I always say this every time I send a reading and I say with the timelines, and I go like, you know, I can only make it up based on what people are wearing, mm. um, based on what, um, uh, what's happening historically, right? And so I think, okay, there's this war, right? And to me, the first thing that comes to mind, yep, that looks like the Second World War. Mm -hmm. But as you're saying this, it's funny, because in my head, I was like, oh, that could have been the First World War. Because that means she would have died and been born yes. in this lifetime. Yeah, that's true. That would have, right? been, that would have made the timeline right? align. But yeah. Yes. Because here's the thing, because I don't know, and I don't know if I said this to you um, in your reading. I'm trying to remember now whether I said this to you in your reading, what happened to your aunt during the thing? Did you go oh, back? Oh, I think, I think you said that you were unsure, but you, I think, I think it was unclear, but you had a feeling that she was after the war when I returned back home, because obviously the, the bakery was no longer there. So we had moved to the countryside and I think you felt that she was still there, but you weren't sure. Yeah. So, cause I'm thinking, I was like, <clears throat> as you were saying this, and we're talking about these twin flames and these souls that just always have to be in each other's presence. And the funny thing with, with guides is so souls that come from the same place, um, originated from the same place and they're very close and they always want to reincarnate together. Um, the interesting thing is that they often want to be our guides down here and they go like, I'll go ahead and I'll, you know, play this role, right? Because then when my life is over, I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch over you from there and I'm going to help you because, you know, I've been here with you. I know what you're going through. And so I found it quite interesting, um, Lauren, that you, you spotted your great-grandmother as the aunt because I got like she was, what, two or three generations above you. Mm -hmm. um, 
which means she would, not, I mean, as sadly as this is, she would very likely be going first, right? Yeah. Very likely. So the way your souls have almost planned out, and I haven't tuned into this, so I'm just plotting here with you, but um, the way your souls have tuned, sort of work this pre-birth uh, plan is that she will play this lady sitting two or three generations up mm-hmm. and she will be here to guide you as far as she can but then when she crosses over she will be guiding you from up there yes it's yeah. like that friend sitting in a tree i always say and they can see so much further ahead so they know your situation down here but they can also see ahead which means and i always think you know your instinct like every time when i send a reading and someone tells me yes i think this makes so much sense. Like this is, must be my aunt here or this must be my friend because we're so close or my mom must have been that person in that other life. I always believed it because the thing is you, it's like we're sitting and we're drafting a script, right? And we're brainstorming ideas who would be the most fitting role. It's your first instinct, right? Mm. And your first instinct was straight away, great grandmother. And I think you even messaged me about this. Um, and I always think, you know, your soul knows, your soul knows. It's like this in a feeling. Your soul knows, it recognizes its kind, it's, it's sort of soulmate. And that is, you know, that is, that is the person, that is the person that has reincarnated. Mm, Which then I- means I was wrong with my timing, possibly, and World War I as opposed to World War II. Yes, that would make more sense. Because I was starting to think, you know, is there a way that we can sort of, be in two different, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know different times, I, yes. <laughs> different, you know, yeah. But um, I, I, I knew, like you were saying, I just could feel it straight away before I'd even had made sense of it in my head and thought about the timelines. As soon as you said it in the, in the, in the live, um, in the live reading, I was like, yep, that's my grandma. That's her. Yeah. I just knew it so strongly. And I yeah. still, and the thing is, even though, cause I came home and I, and I, um, and I called my mum and I told my mum all about it. And she's like, hang on, no, no, Lauren, like, it can't be grandma as your auntie because this and this and this. And I was like, oh, wait. Yeah. But then I was like, hang on. But yeah. yeah and it just, but. But it can if it's it, the first I was going to say, yes. And, and I have no doubt, like, I just feel so strongly that it's her because, yeah. you know, it just makes sense to me. She's, she was like a second mum to me in this lifetime. And, and, and I know that, you know, even though she's not here with me anymore now, um, that she's with me on the other side and she has chosen to be one of my guides. So I just feel like, you know, the fact that, you know, she was my auntie in that lifetime and, and, and was one of my earth guides in that lifetime. I just, it, it just, it makes sense to me. And I just, I know it's true. And I love how we cracked it open. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah. And, I, and I'm sure other people listening who may have had a reading by you would feel the same. But, you know, I, I tell, I, I recite, you know, um, my past life reading to, you know, friends or, or family who are interested. Yeah. And, and I just feel like, yeah, I just know that it's, I just have this knowing. I just yeah. have this knowing that like, yeah, that, that, that happened. And, um, and it's hard to explain but, it is, but it's like this in it knowing. It's like, I often say, it's almost like your parents telling you what you did when you were little and you don't remember and you kind of go like, yeah, that's possible. And they mention, oh, because remember you wore these red pants and you remember the red pants because let's say they kept them and you're like, oh, 
oh yeah yeah it's possible that I did that when I was little even though you don't remember mm. and I was like it's kind of like that thing like you 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 don't remember as in because you went there but your soul remembers and it's like we're just awakening it and it's that feeling like yes we're making the connection we're connecting the dots and we've just done some incredible detective work because it's the timelines where I just go and I always say this I have to really like know my history <laughs> luckily yes. I know a lot of the events that have occurred in you know mostly in Europe but I go like and I can usually work out based on clothes and I do, I do wish that someone would kind of say, hey, welcome to the 1920s. And, yeah. you know, this is Lauren. <laughs> but, but no one welcomes me with a sign. So I always have to work out the timeline. And, um, but I always say, I always believe your, so my client's um, intuitive feelings over mine, because if you have this strong feeling, this is who it is, it absolutely is mm. it's the same because not believing it is going against then your intuition your higher self and that's not you know like that will it, it your, your higher self will never ever lead you astray your guides will never lead you astray so I always say your feelings and um this inner knowing is way more it's above anything that I'll tell you mm. so I love yes. that yeah, intuition. But yeah, and um, I think we spoke a little bit about about this um, last week when we were chatting. Um, but yeah, I think after hearing my reading from you, I, it mm. did take me a good couple of days to really integrate, you know, um, the information. And yeah. it did actually shift I, and I wasn't prepared for that. I didn't think it was going to happen, but it did. I did feel some pretty big energy shifts um, in the days following. And, and I can like, like, for example, I came home that night and I was telling my husband, um, cause I, I was, I was basically when I say came home. I was listening to my um, reading in the car park right after I just finished a dance class. So um, I'd, I'd driven home after um, listening to my reading after dance class and I was telling my husband about it. And, and when I was saying to him, like, yeah, you know, apparently you were, um, you were, you were that wounded soldier and um, yeah, we never saw each other again. And, and as I was telling him and I just started getting teary and I sort of had to check myself for a minute. Cause I thought, hang on a minute, why, where is this emotion coming from? Because I just, I, it, it took me sort of by surprise, but that I started to feel that emotion telling him about what had happened in that lifetime and how we didn't see each other again. And, and I, um, yeah, that, that just took me off guard. And then in the days after, um, we actually sat on the couch together and, um, cause I, um, recorded that, um, uh, your live recording, um, from Facebook and we sat and listened to it together for the first time. And I just, after we stopped listening to it together, I just, I just cried. I just cried in his arms that night. And, and he just was wow. like, are you okay? But, and I, all I can put it down to is the fact that, you know, obviously um, you, you had mentioned that you could see that my heart was broken after I never saw that 
um, soldier again in that past life. And I've always felt in this lifetime that I've had, um, I've always held on to something in my heart and that um, I've found it hard to sort of open my heart to people um, easily. Like it takes me a while. And um, I have, even in this lifetime, which was really interesting for me, um, I've, you know, a lot of men in my life, you know, like my father and, um, you know, other, um, you know, family members have, I, I've lost touch with them and they've sort of disappeared from my life very early on. And that's, um, uh, you know, I think added to that heartache and, and knowing that, you know, losing a loved one, losing a loved one, but, you know, losing contact with a loved one or someone that you felt dearly for um, in a past life, that that is almost like a, I feel like it's for some reason, it's a bit of a reoccurring theme for me. It's happened to me in this lifetime, which I've, you know, as you've spoken about um, before, we, we choose our storylines, we choose um, our, you know, we sort of understand and we, we get to see how our life plays out for us. So there is, I feel like there must have been a reason why, you know, even though I experienced that heartbreak in that past life with not seeing um, that wounded soldier again, that for some reason I picked this lifetime and I have a very similar storyline with, you know, um, losing contact with someone who I cared very deeply about again. So I, that's something that um, is something that I'm still working through now and trying to um, unpack for myself and maybe however I can get some more answers, maybe um, I guess through meditation or however about why maybe that is a lesson or why I've chosen that storyline again. But um, yeah, it's, I've, it kind of showed to me, that what I had been feeling in my heart wasn't just to do with what I'd experienced in this lifetime with losing someone close to me, but perhaps that there was maybe some old wounds there from that past life, if that makes sense. I love that you've mentioned this because it has been something that lately I'm talking about more and more mm. actually these past life wounds, some call it past life karma, but mm you know, karma is really just taking action, right? Like it's action, um, inaction, I think, actually. Um, and I feel that past life wounds are such a powerful thing. It's like um, you're trying to move blocks or remove some limiting self-belief stories or, you know, overcome fears and you just, can't, and you can't explain mm. where and how they came from and I think not knowing where it came from is often the reason why we can't move these blocks and mm -hmm. shift them and certainly falling into the same patterns as well for I guess a soul it feels familiar it's like a soul remembers and so it falls into the same pattern and I mean I don't know like for example with your loved ones with your family members with your father, whether the, the, the leaving was, you know, like something that you've done um, in your adult life where you've decided to sort of, or whether it was your, beyond your control because you were a child. But mm. it, it was, it's very, it sounds to me like it's very similar to how it happened with your soldier because it was beyond your control and he just left. 
right? I mean, he didn't leave, he was taken, he was told to leave. Um, and so it's a very similar pattern that happens. And, and because you felt all these emotions, it's like you started the healing process, right? Like there's this release of energy. And I know, Lauren, that you know about energy and mm. moving energy. And it just, when we feel these huge emotions and sometimes we can't even put our finger on it, like why, you know, like why, but it's moving energy, it's shifting things. And sometimes it's the doing, the conscious doing, but sometimes it's the unconscious, you know, um, way we feel and how things shift on an unconscious level that actually gets us, um, you know, to move forward, I guess Mm -hmm. is what I'm trying to say. Yes, absolutely. And, and I could feel that. And, and I'm so, I think I needed to release those tears in those days. I, I, in all honesty, I think it took me a good week um, of feeling really up. Some days I felt okay. And some days I felt like my, like my energy was completely fragmented and out of sorts mm-hmm. after having that um, life path reading. And I knew that that was just something had shifted something um, just having that knowing and you bringing that back to my, I guess, forefront, if you know what I mean, um, mm. of that past life had, mm. um, had shifted something inside of me and, um, working through that was, was not easy for that week following, but it needed to happen. And I'm so grateful it did because I do feel now that, um, I, I know why I know, like you were saying, I know where that wound has come from and why I'm feeling that. And um, I can put more of my attention and energy there into working through it and releasing that and, and healing that. And and I do honestly feel like I have been doing some um, really, really good healing in that area for myself. And I'm so grateful for that. So I just, I I wanted to be really honest about my experience um, and the connection um, in this lifetime to obviously the, that experience in that past life as well, because, um, you know, I don't want people to, uh, you know, I want people to know that um, learning about their past lives, it, it, it's, you've got to be ready for it to shift things for you as well and, and to bring up stuff, but stuff that, you know, you can heal and, and um, you know, um, take some weight off your shoulders as well. So I hope, you know, by being honest like that has, will help other people as well who, who are interested in, in potentially exploring, um, you know, their past lives and, and doing some, some healing as well. So. Oh, Lauren, Mm -hmm. so amazing. Yes. I appreciate you being so honest and sharing something that, you know, is really personal, you know, like it is personal because it's still, it's feelings, it's emotions, it's being raw, it's being vulnerable. Um, And, and I guess in that shift, in that you know sort of shifting and healing process you have um also kind of how do i put this ventured into different waters yes yes (laughs) i'm trying to navigate it to it but i really would want to know what you've been up to and since our session Yes. So, um, I have been on a massive journey, I think in the last, um, so how long ago was it that we had our reading? I think it was about four weeks ago now, 
or oh yeah it was three, like or, I can't yeah, remember. Oh, it was more yeah it was more mm-hmm. than yeah I think it would be either a month five weeks six weeks something yeah like that. it's it's blending into one here in Melbourne I know <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's been a journey and I've so I've also um in the last two months I did my Reiki one and for anyone listening who has done their Reiki one and Reiki two, they would know that receiving the attunements and, and um, working with the Reiki energy, um, you know, you have to do that 21 days of integration post your, um, well, I know you have to do it for your Reiki one. I'm sure you have to do the same thing for your Reiki two as well, but it's been, you know, working with that energy too and doing um, practicing with the self healing as well um, has been really big for me and i think that's you know doing practicing self reiki healing uh for the last few months and then working through um i guess that past life healing and healing those past life wounds as well through doing our online reading has been um the timing of that just happened obviously i didn't time those things to happen (laughs) close together and they have just happened that way must have been because yeah i think um uh, I think the Reiki made it a lot easier for me to work through that healing as well. And that's been um, amazing for me. So, yeah, and I'm about to do my Reiki too in October, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've got plans to hopefully later in the year um, open up a little practice from home and um, be able to oh. do um, healing sessions and um, offer distance Reiki as well um for anyone so uh, hopefully later in the year i can pursue that a little bit more but um i've been also working with the akashic records and it's something that we spoke a little bit about last week but um yeah i've just started doing akashic record readings for people one-on-one readings and that's been amazing um yeah so it's been a bit of a journey for me and i I think yeah (laughs) everything's happening (laughs) I love the Akashic Records. Oh my gosh, Lauren. Yes. That is, and it is, it's such a, um, so for anyone who may, maybe not know now, I, I'm pretty sure my audience is pretty, pretty switched on with this, but just in case somebody doesn't know what the Akashic Records are, would you like to enlighten them? Mm. What, 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 where are you tapping in? So the Akashic Records is, um, how so i the best way to describe it is like a big library um and we've all got we've all got our own big library and it's um we just say they think they call it in the ether so it's in the spiritual realm and it's um and it's guided by our masters our ascended masters teachers and loved ones um and our spirit guides are up there too and um each of our own akashic records hold all of our soul information. So it holds the records of all of our past lives. It holds um, information from yeah, our past, present and future. Um, every word, every thought, every action, every intention, it is all of our own. It's all stored in the Akashic records. So um, through reading other people's Akashic records, you're able to, I'm able to tap into that individual's um, personal record um, you by you have to gain permission obviously uh, there's there are a few rules and guidelines when ac- accessing the records um so yeah i always gain oh, permission 
And yes. the reason, the reason yes. I asked Lauren to explain it is because I was told by a couple of my spiritual mentors that I must be accessing Akashic Records to do what I do, mm. but because I never use a prayer or anything, I feel almost like a criminal who sneaks in through the back door. <laughs> <laughs> I never use any prayers or anything. I wasn't actually even um, aware to begin with that there is such a thing as, you know, what even Akashic records are. I was getting these downloads and then like my spiritual mentor goes like, I think you're accessing the Akashic records. And she told me a few prayers or a few, and she described it like this, library and you have this guide that's assigned to you i'm like i don't know i'm just if, if that's the case i'm just like sneaking in and sneaking out because i didn't use any prayers and i haven't met any formal guides that kind of takes you through the library but um i'm getting the information somewhere and mm. so i feel always like that criminal who sneaks in through the back door and just like grabs the books and runs i still need for my readings um a full name oh yes so you use a full name as well yeah because that's what i need i need a a full name like the the name they use in their driver's license is basically what i need to access the records which (laughs) sounds it sometimes sounds really dodgy when i when someone wants me to access the records for them and i'm like oh i need your full name like the one that's (laughs) in your driver's license (laughs) it's not a scam i promise And in the photo, and I always go like, yeah. you know, I, I could go to your Facebook, but I don't want to because no. I don't want anything to kind of interfere with it. So I much rather prefer you to get the photo and give me a full name. And you know what's interesting, Lauren? I actually, again, I didn't know that you need this for the Akashic Records. It was funny because mm. um, when I decided to do this, the first thing that popped into my head when I was doing my meditation is you're going to need a full name and you're going to have to have a photo. And the rebellious part of me goes like, mm, I don't really like rules. Why am I, why do I need to ask them for a photo and full name? That's a little bit creepy. But for some reason, then I stumbled across, you know, my spiritual mentor and, and, and she said, yes, you know, this is the same with Akashic Records. So I'm like, okay, so I guess if I ask people, you know, this is what I need from you, um, they're not going to think I'm being creepy because, you know, with the Akashic Records, mm. you do need that yeah. information. And that's just to make sure that you're accessing the right person's yes. records. And I think, yeah. I don't know whether you know, whether you have this as well with the photo, but the photo is, if, especially if you're visual, because when you can take their image, so that photo and you have it, you know, and you visualize them, it's like you're telling your your guides, this is the person. So sometimes, you know, they could be John Smith and John Smith, but like, if you kind of go like, but this is what they look like, um, then it's like okay so definitely we've got the right person mm. i've been able to yeah i've been able to do access people's records without a photo but i have to admit the times where i have had um a little photo to help sort of um tune my energy into which is that's the intention i set when i'm looking at the photo i'm just sort of trying to um tune my energy into that person if that makes sense that it, my readings and and the and the information i get tends to be a lot stronger but um, yeah, so yeah, I might actually try and I've never, I've never sort of used a photo religiously or asked for one, but I know that when I've had access to one and I've, yeah, it's definitely been stronger. So I might have to, yeah, take that tip and make sure I try you and know, incorporate that. 
Yeah, more. but look, it's more just sort of, I guess, take it and try it. But um, mm. I really truly feel, and this is where my rebellious side goes, mm, I don't really need these rules. I don't believe in these rules. I don't like these rules. I believe that if they're going to give us this information, they will um, give it to us in a way that we receive best. So for me, I'm, I'm, I'm not a visual person as in like, I can't imagine, okay, let's say we walk into an empty room and you would tell me, okay, I want to have this here. I want to have a velvet couch here. I want to have, I can't visualize this unless I see it. But for some freaky reason when I'm visualizing things in my mind or I have the photo like this is how I receive information right so Mm -hmm. I guess you would say clairvoyance right yeah and I feel like that helps connect with you might be um you know clear sentience a lot or clear audience or you know and so for you the strongest connection point could be just feeling the energy of the person right and that is there so it's not like because we always try to make it sort of um we, we try to understand it in human ways which is well if I go to a door and I ask for a past thing I have to show them my ID with a photo and it has to be the name because they have to see that it's me right but it doesn't work like that over there I I truly believe that the past word is depending on what you connect with the strongest, what your strongest clairs are. So for me, it is clear sentience, it's clear audience, but it's also clairvoyance. So I don't find, like, I can't uh, feel the person's energy as in if I'm imagining them, I can't feel it, but I feel the things that are happening to them, whether it's in past lives, whether it's when I'm tuning into them, if that makes sense. Whereas yeah. For me, it's easiest to kind of visualize the photo of them. And then I can kind of like, that's my, you know, like this is who I'm asking for. This is what I want to know for them. Um, but someone who who can totally like feel their energy, they can just probably imagine that energy and then have the name and that can be their you know, they gave me. So I, I don't think you have to restrict yourself to one or the other or need a photo, but hey, experiment, see what happens. Yeah, I tend to feel that person's energy a lot. Yeah. As soon as I'm in the records, I can feel whether if that person's a really, if they're feeling a lot of anxiety or anxious, I over, I'm, I start, you know, getting short of breath and I can feel my heart race and I start feeling a bit flighty. Um, so I can definitely tune into that person's energy and I think that's probably the strongest for me that and probably a little bit of the clairvoyance and seeing them so I guess and I think you know feeling what they're feeling um yeah I don't know um it's sometimes not always a blessing (laughs) because obviously you come we walk away from these um readings then quite often feeling still a lot of that energy that you've accessed in the records but um I guess in the same in the same way it feeling their energy and and getting the messages of what they're going through or what they need to hear. Um, You can put yourselves in their shoes a lot more. Does that? Yes. I guess. Yeah. It's really interesting how it all works. And I think, and this is probably to anyone, this is the tip that I've learned and I'm learning on this journey is not to limit ourselves. Like Mm. where I don't, you know, like if someone, if I had a teacher who would say, you can only do this if you use this particular prayer or you do this way or you have, you know, a meditation for 20 minutes 
I probably would not be interested in doing it because it's not, I don't like, it's too restrictive, right? So the more we tell ourselves or we're told, okay, you can only do it this way or that way, or, you know, I just feel like that's too restrictive. Like who's, like how are the guides going to say, well, we want you to help us get these messages to the right people, but you have mm. to jump through all these hoops. You have to do this and you have to do that. And, you know, blah, 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 till you're so exhausted that you don't feel like doing it, right? So I always think, you know, with all these rules, I feel like truly the way they connect with us is when they know what um, what is easiest for us, whether it's symbols, whether it's words, whether it's pictures, whether it's cartoons, whether it's, mm. you know, and that's how they show you information. And for some people, it is very, it has to be a certain prayer. It has to be the image of a library. It has to be a, one particular special guide that gets you through this because it makes sense for them and it helps them like be organized and it helps them to kind of feel like, okay, I am at the right place. So it's not being fabricated by my mind. Mm. But I feel like the downside of that is if you're putting these sort of limitations on yourself, because that can truly hold you back with anything, even if you're just wanting to be more, you know, spiritual, more, you know, um, intuitive, more of a channel maybe for your own sort of work that you do setting limitations and sort of believing in them is actually what I feel will um, slow you down. This is just what I'm learning on my mm. journey here. No, absolutely. And, and I've got to admit, you know, I, I used um, for anyone who's um, heard about the Akashic records, you would have probably come across Linda Howe. So I read Linda Howe's book on how to read the Akashic records a couple of years ago and began reading for myself. And, and she does the whole framework of how to, you know, the step by steps. And, and that's what I first started that was my template when I first started but I do have to admit that since you know I've started reading for other people and um yeah it's and and over the years it's taken it does look a bit different you know so I have it yeah I think reading the okay. Akashic records it's yeah it's it, it has gone from being Linda Howe's template of how to read the Akashic records mm -hmm. to now being something else you know I Love call it. in different angels and you know um I have my own little rituals I do before I go into the records and afterwards as well so like you said you know just do what what feels good to you what works for you and um yeah you know it's gonna it's gonna look different for everyone you know you can't you can't see what someone else is doing and go oh well look they they you know they can get this information and they can do that and that and that you know i must do exactly what they're doing because that's it's yeah it's not always it's not going to work always like that for you because we've all got and our own gifts limit and, you. Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit like going on Instagram and whether you are a mummy blogger, a, you know, a lifestyle blogger, uh, a coach, and you go on Instagram and you look at other, you know, mummy bloggers, Instagrammers, you know, uh, coaches, life coaches or whatever, and you look at them and they're perfect, you know, squares and they're perfect homes and perfect decorations and always beautiful put together and you feel like, oh, well, that's not me. So therefore I can't be genuine in doing what I'm doing. Right. Um, but it's comparing, you know, what is it? Peaches and apples or apples mm. and oranges or something. Mm -hmm. It's comparing to different things. And sometimes 
you know, it's comparing your beginnings to someone else's middle, but sometimes it's comparing different styles, different lifestyles. And the same is going into Akashic records or tapping into intuition or, um, you know, communicating with your guides. It, we, I, I really don't like this, this, um, what is it, a stigma that it has to look a certain way. It has to, because that's old school. That's how it used to be because the people mm. who were privileged to be the communicators, the conduits, um, they made it this way because then that put them a little bit up higher, that they're a little bit more special than us commoners, right? And so they know the secret formula so they can contact us. But my experience and, you know, when I, chat to my spiritual mentors who are my chosen spiritual mentors because we think alike um is that the other side there's they're all wanting you know whether it's your loved ones who want to communicate with you or with you know the people here that you know come to you um and the same is with guys they want to help you they want to be able to send messages through to you so they're not going to make it really hard and complicated and allow only a selected few people in this world to do this right like i truly believe it's open to everyone and we as humans put these rules because for whatever reason it makes us special it makes us feel like we are part of the elite of conduits but i love that you know there's like you and me and the modern versions of whatever, whether they're mediums or psychics or uh, healers who kind of break the mold and decide, you know what, I'm okay not using these rules and mm. working out my rules because I've outgrown them, right? Or they served their purpose and now I'm going to do it my way. Mm -hmm. oh, Absolutely. Lauren, 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 I could talk to you forever, but I've, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Told you for such a long time. We're always going to have to make this a two-parter. Yeah. I I don't want to finish before I before you tell everyone where they can find you, and I will make sure to put all the links in the show notes so people can just click through. Mm, okay, so um, yeah, we could talk forever, couldn't we? <laughs> we did this last week as well. Um, uh, so you can find me over on Instagram at the Pink Medicine Podcast, um, where um, also on iTunes and Spotify, pretty much um, all the podcast platforms as well. If you want to have a listen. Um, I've only just recently this week, um, myself and one of my beautiful soul sisters, Roshni, she, um, and I have launched soul sessions Adelaide as well. So if anyone from Adelaide is listening to Kasha's podcast, um, yeah, happy for you to check out our Instagram over there too. We've got an event coming up in October, which is, um, in line with the October full moon, um, as well. So we've got a couple of things happening there, but yeah, I'd love for you to pop on over and, and say hi and yeah, it'd be great. Lovely, lovely. Well, thank you, Lauren. This was such a pleasure to have you here. I love that we did a bit of detective work. We cracked mm -hmm. open a case. Um, yes. We talked about Akashic Records. It was such a pleasure. It is such a, it's such a beautiful, rich episode, and I can't wait to hear what everyone will think about it once they finish listening to it. So thank you, Lauren, for being my guest. Oh, Akasha, thank you so much for having me on your show. And yeah, I love listening to your episodes. So thank you so much.
Thank you. Bye. Bye.